Can you believe it's February already, guys? We've blown through an entire month of 2023 already. Absolutely crazy. Man, it, it literally feels who's, like last week was New Year's. It's not who's still yet. going to the gym? <laughs> Is it empty? Hey! Gym? <laughs> You'll have to let us know, Pete. Is it is it empty now? Have people given up on their New Year's resolutions I, already? I don't know. The last time I went to the gym in prime time, it was rammed and I gave up. So I came back at like 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Good to have you guys with us this week. Uh, welcome, Theo Nell is tuning in from YouTube land from sunny UK. It's freezing over here. Uh, winter came back for a, a unexpected visit this week. So do what we can do. So those of you tuning in on LinkedIn, I wanted to give you an update on LinkedIn comments. I'll give you guys an update too. Um, LinkedIn is actually rethinking uh, the use of third-party vendors for the comments API. So that is the latest update they gave Ecamm last week, right before the launch of 4.0. So it's possible, it's possible that some who have access to the LinkedIn comments may lose it. So we'll see. Oh. Uh, it's due to privacy issues. Is situation where they kind of disable it internally and then tell people a week later they've actually changed their mind and don't want to do it anymore. Exactly. I think we'll see a good uprise, hopefully. But um, they claim it's privacy issues, which I do kind of understand. Um, but yeah, we'll see. But man, we started last week's episode going Microsoft. And I know, this week right? Exactly the same thing. So <laughs> I'm monitoring the comments from LinkedIn. So if you're tuning in from LinkedIn, go ahead and drop a a comment in there. I've kind of done a workaround so we can bring those comments up on screen. So, um, but yes, welcome Theo tuning in today and anybody else live, let us know where you're tuning in from as well. We're going to be talking about all things artificial intelligence and I got to bust out the robot voice. We're going to be talking about all things artificial intelligence. <laughs> I gotta Man, play with the words. Spend all day just making crank cut phone calls to people with it. It's brilliant. I'll be phoning Scott and Pete all the time with that voice. <laughs> it's funny what you can do with that thing. You know, chipmunk in a tunnel. You know, so with the sensor <laughs> button. I was I was thinking of some ways of creating some animated stuff <laughs> with the roadcaster. So uh, tune in. It'll get it'll get fun here shortly. Uh, Oseande uh, and Gaza is tuning in from Brooklyn, New York. Welcome, Oseande. Uh, to the show today. He's catching us live today. Glad to have you with us. So I'm curious too. We'll throw the question out before we jump into the discussion. Are you using any type of artificial intelligence in your MSP, whether that's chat GPT or any type of artificial intelligence tools? Drop those in the comments. And which ones are you using too? I like to see which ones people are using. So, cause I've actually found people have shared like two or three others that I had never heard of. And I'm I'm like, okay, we'll try those out. So, but yeah, we're going to talk, be talking about all things artificial intelligence. Uh, this week, we've, it's all over. I don't think we've gone, I don't, I can't go a day now without pulling up LinkedIn and there's some type of AI conversation going on. So, yeah. welcome Tony Edwards to the show. Uh, Theo says he has not used any type of AI yet. So, I figure what we do is just talk about use cases for it where we see, any type of impact in an MSP space um, with AI and all the tools. Like I said, I think we're just breaking loose with what mm. is possible with AI. So it's I'm going to throw this out to the discussion. Whoever wants to start this one. Yeah. 
Go for it, Pete. I've got some beautiful use cases after Pete goes. If (laughs) Pete's going to get us started, (laughs) especially since he spent a week in artificial intelligence. So, (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I think the the best use cases, and this is chat with GPT because that's obviously the bigger thing that's going around at the moment, um, has been where people want to say something but they, they don't know how to say it. It's been really, really good. And I've seen people in my Discord group um, use it to write up things like um, yeah, price increase letters and just notifying customers about certain things. And um, I even used it the other night because I was trying to figure out how to communicate. I was changing my schedules and with my, my coaching sessions because I'm trying to reorganize my life yet again. And um, I couldn't figure out how to word it. And I literally, I, I logged onto ChatGPT and I literally went, this is what I used to do with my coaching. This is what I'd like to do can you write an email to my clients explaining how that change is going to happen? And like two seconds later, boom, it's given me a, like a really nicely worded, polite email, um, professional email that I, I didn't take it word for word, but I kind of used maybe 60 to 80% of it and then changed it. Um, but just use cases like that. I see as being fantastic. Cause it's, you know, I, I always used to, um, get told when I ran my MSP that I was a very good at writing emails. You know, I was a very good email composer or whatever that might be. Cause I like having time. I can sit back and figure out, you know, what it needs to say in which order and strip out all the rubbish that's in there. Whereas now you can just throw it into chat GPT and it just gives you pretty much the exact same message within like a couple of minutes. So I think that's definitely been the, the, the biggest and best case of it that I've seen so far in like the day-to-day kind of world. Um, and of course we know we'll get onto more automations within like uh, ticketing tools and PSA and RMM and those kind of things. But I think that's a great starting point um, in terms of the, the automation. You can also use it to generate documents and i've seen legal documents be created through chat gpt yeah not quite sure how i feel about <laughs> using one of those i feel that's a very dangerous thing to do um but it's better than nothing i, I guess I, I, yeah i don't i wouldn't feel comfortable personally but i've seen people do it yeah for sure that's what it boils down to, isn't it? That idea, is it better than nothing? So I think for a lot of MSPs watching, you can see, uh, where was it? Uh, John from Westway IT said, it can write a far better than me. We touched upon this last week, though, didn't we? We were saying, you know, chat GPT. And if anybody's not come across chat GPT, and there's a slew of these type of applications out there now, you know, you can ask it a question, you can ask it to write a document, you can ask it what the meaning of life is, and it will like, it will instantly come back and, and tell you about these things. But I think the point is it turns out something that's okay. You know, it's fact. It's like a um, an expanded version of Google, really. It's going to come back with all of the information that it pulls together. It's going to give you that document. So for MSPs who are maybe using it for to create blog posts and marketing, it's going to be better than nothing. But I still, you know, the technology is not there yet to actually produce something that you go, wow, that is, you know, absolutely perfect, just what I need to use. So there still needs to be human intervention in it. And my biggest fear about AI for the marketing perspective and content generation is that it's just going to produce a load of average crap that goes out there and my god we're all suffering from content fatigue as it is we don't need the robots you know throwing (laughs) stuff out there as well uh but i think we're going to get on a little bit later aren't we to the automation that can be used within the msp business but in the first instance and what has come to people's minds with ai is yeah i can get it to do my marketing for me because i'm not that comfortable with it i wouldn't hand the uh, keys to my marketing office across Mm -hmm. to chat gpt just yet though yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm going to welcome a couple of people to the show, and then we're going to uh, turn it over to Scott. So 
Welcome, Christopher Reckford. I think this might be his first time catching the show. Appreciate that. He's in Jamaica. He's in. I know, right? I'm like I, exactly when I read Jamaica. that. I'm like, oh, I'm super jealous. We were all right saying now. how cold we were just before coming on air. <laughs> I'm guessing Christopher doesn't have that problem. Though, so. I don't think he's that got that problem today, for sure. That's amazing. So, Scott, what do you think? I uh, think you know. What are your What is your hot take on AI so far? Oh, I'm I'm having a lot of fun with this stuff. Um, let me. Can I can I share screen? Is that okay? I've got some great stuff to yeah, kind of show you. Yeah, let's go ahead here. Uh, I will share a tab, which is this one. Uh, you let me know when you can see it because I lose you guys when it comes up. Not yep. yet, no. Okay, Not yet. There's, about it. Yep. Just give me a second. I'm going to switch video source to okay. Scott's screen. There we go. Boom. All right. So first, first humorous example. Um, I asked it to write a HR policy about not bringing smelly food into the office. Um, <laughs> now, actually, this, this is because Ben was bringing in some real stinky food. And so we had to have a word. Um, but like you can see, actually, like it, it stages out really nicely. Here's an introduction. We, we want a comfortable and productive work environment for all employees. This could be a distraction. So here's the policy. Here are some exceptions. Here are some consequences. Um, and you're like, actually, that's not terrible. You know, and it even gave some examples of fish and strong cheeses and spicy foods or any other thing that has a strong odor that may linger in the office. Oh, wow. okay. From a joke, I'm actually like, that's, that's not a terrible policy. So if you were trying to get some inspiration for policies that you needed to bring up, maybe not smelly food, but this is a good starting point. And I'm, and I'm going to keep referring to it like that. It's a starting point. It's, you know, it's a good place to start on things. So some soft stuff there. Um, what are the recommended 365 security settings for SMB organizations? Well, this is great. This is like a nice little one page, uh, you know, cheat sheet or a nice, you know, introduction in one of your uh, proposals or a presentation, maybe just a checklist that you want to go through with some clients. It, it actually comes out and says, hey, here are some of the recommended security settings. I'm not going to read them to you, but this is all correct. Um, you know, again, it's a great starting point for you to get some nice things together. Um, again, at the bottom it says, hey, these are not, these are just some, it's not all of them. It's definitely recommended to speak to your MSP or your IT partner to chat this through. Um, write a friendly email message to go with an employee payslip. Sure. Okay. Why not? Um, now this is where it gets interesting because Pete, you made a video, um, that was about 10 ways. The, uh, iPhone 14 pro was not as good as the S 22 ultra. And I couldn't be bothered to watch it. Um, so I took the transcript from your 10 minute video. Okay. And I took all of the transcript and I literally just said, summarize. And then I pasted in the transcript. So here's all the words that you said, sorry, Pete, I didn't have 10 minutes. I love you. Um, and, and here are all your words. And I said, summarize that for me. Okay. Well, oh, it's still going, still going. Here we go. Okay. And this is it. <laughs> In this comparison between the S22 Ultra and the iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max, the S22 Ultra comes out ahead in several ways. And here are the ways. And I was like, that's interesting. I'd like to know a bit more. So you just type continue. And then it goes, cool. Okay. Well, yeah, here's some more information that I dug out from that transcript. Now, the way I've seen this used, I mean, that that's great just for summarizing some YouTube stuff, but I've also seen that used in Teams meetings now. People are suggesting take the transcript from the Teams meeting and you can use that as a summary of the meeting. You could also ask it what actions came up in this transcript and it will pull out 
things that sound like actions. So again, really interesting. Um, what else did I have? Okay, so this is my um, issue that I have with it. It's not always correct. You've got to bear in mind the data set came from 2021. So you can't take it at face value. You have to sanity check everything. I asked it here, is your AD premium P1 included in this licensed business premium? And it said, no, bloody, 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 well. It tells me why. I've actually told it that is incorrect. Azure AD Premium P1 is included. Oh, okay. I apologize. You are correct. It is included. So when I ask it the next time, yes, it's included. And here are all the other things that it includes. This is my point though. You cannot, this isn't, you know, I know people are looking at it as a nice way to Google or a nice way to get some quick stuff together, but it's not always correct. You have to do your fact checking. And that's why I'm looking at this as a great place to start. Um, I've got one other example to show you, and then I'll, I'll shut up for a bit, and hopefully this has just caused some inspiration. Um, blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's say you're not great at PowerShell, but you know there's something you need to do in PowerShell, and this could be great for your level one techs. Um, okay, so I've asked it to write a PowerShell script for Office 365 Online, which lists all users who have an archive mailbox. That is something we might get asked, um, and you might want to check. And it will go through and it'll say, hey, right, here, here is your PowerShell script. It actually writes it in a script box and it gives you the button, button to copy the code and go ahead and paste it in. And this is a functional script. It will, it will do what I asked it to do. And it took about two seconds to do that. And again, this is definitely something you could Google, definitely something you could find on Microsoft Learn, but actually just asking it in plain text and getting the exact answer that I wanted was really helpful. Um, my only issue with this is that it's using a legacy authentication method here, but I could have stipulated use modern authentication, I guess. But look at that, it's gone ahead and got me a PowerShell script that will work within minutes for exactly what I asked it to do. So those, those are some of my examples. The only other example I have um, is that I also ask it to write short stories about two characters that uh, me and the kids have come up with. Um, and so we, we, <laughs> we ask it to two stories for bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> now that is an interesting and, use and case it's there so. it's not bad <laughs> that's amazing Scott. yeah uh, so definite just interesting use cases there um the um the checking it over to make sure it, it's correct thing is definitely a valid point one of my um one of my coaching clients and, and a guy in my discord he was writing things like uh yeah write me a script that can do this and i think it was something along the lines of like um grab a list of my customers' domains, check their expiry dates, and then do something with them. And yes. the script it gave them was sound, except it very top is like import module, and it named a module that didn't exist. So yeah. had it, it created it out of thin air, but had that module exist, then the script would have worked just fine. But it's, yeah, it does make certain assumptions a lot of the time, I understand. Well, and it's it's a year out of date at least. Well, sorry, two years out of date yeah. potentially based on the data set. So, once Chat GPT four comes along when that's released, then it'll have a more up to date data set, I assume. Um, and so, you might get some more relevant information. But I think for like some of the things that I've seen people do, say, "Hey, give me ten blog post ideas about you know three six five security." I'll I'll stay in my lane. Um, give me give me ten ideas. Give me ten titles give me 10 YouTube video names that are exciting. And, 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 you know, you can put the emotion in that you want to grab and it will, it will come back and suggest 10 different things. You can say, here's my YouTube video uh, and here's the title. Give me 10 exciting variants of that. Oh, there you go, Pete. Yeah, I can see you. 
Here, let me zoom I'll in just there. Do one just there actually. I was um, with my with my watch test I'm doing at the moment. Um, I'm testing the durability of these three watches in a video. Give me 20 viral video titles under 50 characters for that video. Bang. Yeah. Tons nice. of ideas. So yeah, that's that's a very very good way of coming up with uh, marketing ideas, titles for blog posts, articles, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I'd say everything, everything needs to be checked, right? You've you've got to apply the human element to this. I think, you know, you can you can start to become very good prompt writers for this stuff, but you you need to sanity check it afterwards. You can't just take it and dump it online, or or as uh, as we're getting in the comments, you can't just take that script and dump it into your live environment. You have to check everything. Yeah, for sure. The interesting thing about this, because there's some technologies out there now, isn't there? We've we've heard about deep fakes and things of that nature. And Pete, this is probably more in your lane, but I've seen people talking about, okay, you can get ChatGPT or something similar to create a, a script. You can then get uh, AI tools to create a really winning uh, SEO-friendly YouTube video title. Uh, you can then get an AI to actually deliver the script to camera for you. Now... Yeah. <laughs> You've probably seen yes, this, haven't you? Easy. Around there, right? So think about this. This is getting to the crazy situation where you could outsource the whole thing to a virtual assistant, and then you wouldn't have to do any other work whatsoever, and you could probably generate advertising revenue on YouTube. So all of that, in theory, sounds really interesting. In practice, I think what you'll find is, again, we'll just have a ton of really average videos yes. being pumped yeah. out there, automated and that. So yeah. I think that... You know, for all MSPs watching that, you're thinking, is is this actually going to take away, you know, some of my uh, job? No, because what we can speak about and what we're doing in this show here is speaking from our personal experience. And that's something a computer AI can't really replicate. Maybe at some point it will be able to, but right as it stands right now, yeah, it can do everything that we can do but not nearly as good as us because it hasn't got the human element. And I say that as an AI aficionado. I, you know, I truly believe the future of this. We're, we're heading for a sort of Star Trek future where we spend all of our time doing things that we enjoy doing as opposed to the drudgery. Um, but at the moment, it's not quite there. But Pete, have you come across that sort of concept that I just suggested? Uh, I have indeed. I was just trying to find it here. So I actually um, was sponsored a while ago with Synthesia. Um, oh, Synthesia. An, an AI app where I am trying to find it here. That at the very beginning, I think that that's an. I mean, admittedly, it's a couple of years old now, but that's an AI version of me. Um, <laughs> wow. Which the voice wasn't the same was the only main issue, but they use it to. Um, you basically sit down, you read a script in front of a green screen, so they can kind of get some of your mannerisms and your movements and and track your 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 face and everything. But you can literally go in here, type in, like you were saying, type in the words you want it to say, pick the voice, pick the language, and it will give you an AI burst, uh, you know, an AI video with me speaking in whatever foreign language it might be needed. And they actually use this. Um, it was David Beckham um, did a, I think it must have been a TV ad uh, a while ago, and they used that technology, Synthesia, I think they were on site with them to make David Beckham speak like 20 different languages, but to the stage where obviously he kept his face, but they were just kind of doing the AI bit, the clever bit around his mouth. So it, it made the right movements to say the right words. And it looks so, so real, like incredibly real, because they obviously spent a lot more time trying to get that to look good. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're quite right. There's the whole kind of, yeah, the, the deep fake stuff, the AI technology, 
the voice I think is going to be coming very, very soon as well. So the, um, you know, there's already systems out there you can train with your own voice and they will then speak with your voice. So it's only going to be a matter of time when all of this kind of merges together and uh, yeah, it, it becomes a, a problem for us humans, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, did D -D strip week, does that sorry. right now. So. A, a, a practical application of AI that I saw this week, or machine learning at least, was uh, has anybody seen the latest NVIDIA broadcast uh, update uh, where yeah, it yeah. can actually yeah. readjust your eyes? Oh, yes. Yeah. So we can yeah. see everybody, can see it, like I'm speaking to you on camera now, but let's just say if I've got a script or I'm speaking to Scott and Andrew, like my face goes off a little bit here and you can see where my eyes are going. Um, well, it actually follows your eyes and readjusts them so you're looking at the camera. And if you look completely away, of course, it knows what to do there. But, uh, you know, I tried it and it does it to a quite a decent level already. Uh, so those are the incremental. Like a mobile phone, and the eyes are staring at the screen. It looks really odd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we're going to get to yeah. that stage. That and old the stage. Doing this as well. It's like doing that. <laughs> Have you ever been in an art gallery? And it doesn't matter where in the art gallery you go with the portrait, the eyes are following you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. John, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate that. He had a question. Has anybody managed to get into chat chat GPT every time I try? I can't get into the servers, so I'm not yes, sure what... Yes, it's normally about 10 p.m. at night here in the UK that it starts working for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that I, late, I late afternoon. Getting in. I know it, uh, really? it, it tells you, hey, we're busy, but then I'll just like refresh a few times and I'll, I'll get through to the login screen. So it hasn't been bad for me to get in on the, the few occasions. I mean, I'm, I literally logged in live just before this session so I could show you those uh, examples that we've done before. And again, as you know, as I was trying to log in, it says, hey, we're busy, you know, come back or notify me when it's free. I don't do that. I just like delete the URL, go refresh. again, give it a couple of minutes and I'll get in. Um, but it, it does seem to work. I, I hear, John, um, there is a lot of talk around the premium version of ChatGPT that they're proposing to launch. Again, the rumor mill is saying it's kind of $42 a month, um, which I genuinely think is is a bargain, honestly, given given what it can do. And if you've got access to ChatGPT4, um, I think, you know, I think it'll be a great part of the toolkit that we can learn to leverage in a really good way. Because again, a lot of the stuff that our techs do, certainly in service desk, is a huge amount of Googling. You know, how do I do this? How do I do that? How can I fix this? How can I fix that? If it's got that intelligence where we've got, um, you know, the ability to get fresh data and get fresh answers to results and give me a way to resolve this, um, I've, I've seen some great steps where people said, hey, you know, you know, a computer is having this kind of issue. What should I check first? And it kind of goes bong, 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 bong. And you know, that's cool. You know, that that's giving those level one tech guys some kind of checklist to run through. If you don't already have something like that in your standard operating procedures, it's giving them some stuff to check. But again, I'd still maybe like your service manager to run through that, those sets of questions and see if it is coming back with the right kind of answers. You know, if it's coming back, you're saying, hey, I'm having this problem on this Windows PC. And it goes, great, yeah, if you press command and space and then search for this, you're like, no, no, that's on a Mac. That's not gonna work here. <laughs> um, but I, I do genuinely think it's this is super exciting. There's some really good, <clears throat> you know, launchpad comments, uh, content that's in there. Um, there's a couple of GitHub repositories that have jumped up with great chat GPT prompts, um, which are well worth looking at as well. And so you can kind of get some great examples of how to how to really use the tool effectively. Because um, I think it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a really good tool. But as I say, it's a tool, it's a starting point check its work <laughs> definitely yeah. check its work 
Before yeah. we move on to the serious applications of the tools, there's Go one ahead. other I've got to throw out here. So has anybody tried DALL-E? So D-A-L-L-L hyphen E. I've done some AI things. Yeah. I don't want to give my give my information to. I don't want to upload photos of me to, to them. It's just I've yeah, avoided that. Exactly right. And you've just hit. So for anybody who's not familiar with DALL-E, think of ChatGPT, but for images. So, you know, while we've been on air here, I've been uh, saying to Dali, I was like, do me a, a picture of the world's coolest IT administrator playing cards with Elvis Presley. And like, this is all like really foolish stuff there, but it, it, it produces some incredible, unique images. So I can actually see a practical application for this. Have you ever gone to a website and they're using stock images and you're like, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. just turns you off immediately. Well, Dali could actually produce some sort of images using your own uh, photographs and things of you in different situations. You know, perhaps what would it look like? Scott Riley speaking to a client on the top floor of the Eiffel Tower. I don't know why that would happen, but it's, uh, Dali will make it happen to you. Um, but Pete, to your point, everybody's jumping into these things and giving their information away. But just like Facebook, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. And, uh, you know, I think around Christmas, didn't everybody jumped in and got AI generated versions of themselves? Um, yeah. But I, I haven't read the, the terms and conditions, but I'm pretty sure that most people who did that have now allow, allowed those AI companies to use their sort of facial images in their own marketing material at best and perhaps other stuff. Yeah, Lens was to be the other one. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people did Lenza, which I think, is it just iPhone or is it Android as well? The Lenza app? I think it was just iPhone. I think I was going to try it and I was on, I was on Android and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I think. Yeah. That was the other one. I, I went through that and it just kind of got thrown up by a couple security experts too. If you read the fine print of the terms of service, yeah, they own, they own the right to license your images. So <laughs> you're giving that right away. So just a thought, just a thought. Yeah, so yeah, lots coming in now. Uh, Midjourney. <clears throat> so Midjourney is like a, not a competitor, but it's a similar tool to Dali. Um, and again, it's it's quite hit and miss. It's it's a strange way to do things because everything's done through um, a Discord server instead. So you literally just uh, message the the Midjourney bot. And you say imagine, and then you give it a whole series of keywords, um, and then you wait, and it will sit there, and then it will send you back a message of four suggested images. And you can tell it, hey, I really like that one. Give me an upscaled version of that suggestion. Um, or can you just iterate this one a little bit better for me? Um, and you see like people are using it for, for stock image uh, generation. They're using it for logo generation or logo inspiration. And you just like, because you're in a, a, um, a group with everyone else who's also asking the questions. And so you're just getting all the other content that they're generating like every single second. So you can really see what people are starting to use it for. Um, yeah. And again, I think, you know, tools like this are, are, are fantastic to get that kind of inspiration. I wouldn't, I don't yeah. think I'd take a logo that it had generated, but I would maybe take that and go, okay, do you know what? I really like what it did with this piece and this piece. I really like the way it's done this. We could use that for some, you know, almost like a mood board, you know, for the inspiration for what you're going to do for something. Um, but yeah, Richard, you know, I, I like your suggestion of like that stock image, you know, kind of idea. There's too much stock nonsense on, on websites, especially MSP websites. We're, we're all really bad at it, genuinely. Uh, and taking the time out to get your team to have a professional photo shoot can be can be difficult, right? Every, everyone's busy. So 
if you can generate some images that are you and, and represent your personality and your brand really well, and you might need to, you know, Photoshop them a bit later. I think some of the comments have said, Hey, it's, it's hard to get text to appear on those yeah. images. You're absolutely right. Um, but again, if you get to create the background image and then you can just quickly layer the, the text on top. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've seen that, uh, Christopher said, so I guess the, the first use case for a lot of people is using it to, <clears throat> to act as their personal assistant yeah. doing copywriting. I think that's, that was kind of a, a quick hit there for pretty much everybody. There was, a, let me just going through the comments. So I, we got lots of comments today. I figured this would be a good topic today. So <laughs> are, are they comments from real people or are they AI generated comments from people <laughs> who have sent their bots to attend the webinar and then give them a summary of it later? I don't I know. I think if the bots were here, we'd be seeing some, some porn spam. So <laughs> it's early in the they night. They have yet. to throw that in there. So uh, let's see here. Who else was, somebody else was using that. So, so that was the first use case I think for, um, yeah, help videos was another one. So let's talk about like kind of some of the other use cases for MSPs. Uh, I like what Dan Dan Baird said. He says he yeah. uh, legend from the Tech Tribe Dan Baird. There he says I really like using Chat GPT to get me started building out standard operating procedures. Yeah. Very effective. That's a really powerful uh, way to get started because so many MSPs I speak to. When I say, when, you know, I talk about systemizing, documenting a business, getting information out of your head and they go, where to start? And it's like, well, you start with what you're doing, but actually if you need that little bit of a push or an example of what a good SOP might look like, or even average SOP, I think that's a really good use of, uh, of using the technology there, Dan. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to look up through a couple other ones. Uh, Jack Fisher, welcome. Good to have you with us today. He said, I think using it to help with ticket dispatch roles could be useful. So how do, how do you guys see that playing in? And are there tools that allow that right now? Yeah, I think it's just around the corner. It, it really feels like it. I've heard a lot of discussion about it or people have built their own integrations um, to kind of bounce ticket requests in through a chat GPT engine to then go, like which person, which team, what's the problem? Actually, is there a recommended solution immediately that we can go back with? Um, and so they're asking those questions through the chat GPT engine. Um, and the feedback is, you know, it's it's like having a first line tech who's got maybe one or two years experience is the, is the type of answers that are coming back. Again, yeah. bear in mind that it's a year out of date with it. So, you know, once two years out of date with this data set, but for a lot of those common queries, they're having some success with passing it out getting the response back and then using a human to then go, okay, I, I know what the next step would be, you know, with this ticket. Um, interestingly, I saw Adam, Adam Vores, uh, absolute legend. Um, yes. He was saying that they're looking at how to give their customers a way to do that for self-help. And I think that's great. Again, same idea, you know, maybe you're, you're going to take the inbound request from the customer. Hey, the print is not printing or, Hey, you know, my words not wording, whatever, whatever the question is pass it through chat GPT and come out with, give, give me a list of suggested things to try first and then bounce it back to go, Hey, can you just try these things for me? And then if, if you're still in the same situation, we'll, we'll jump right on. Obviously your SLAs and, and your relationship with your client, it's up to you how you want to handle that. Um, it might be, as I say, that you pass it through, you give it to the operator 
And, and, and they've got, this is the challenge. Here are some recommended solutions. Get on the phone. And you're like, oh, well, you've got a springboard for that guy to really get into what they, they, the problem might be. Yeah, Vince Forstall had the same question. He said, how can we enable AI and which one to help in help desk functions and to speed up problem resolutions? He's in Toronto, well, that, so th thank you, Vince. That's for already here in. already, isn't it? Our friends across at SuperOps AI, you know, they're building this tool that, that does intelligent ticket um, routing, uh, for want of a better word there, where it'll look at the ticket. It'll, uh, A, route it to the right person, and that could the right person could be by skill, or it could be by resources available at the time. And, and for you, you know, this is why getting on my soapbox a little bit here, guys, but I, I talk about I'm a big fan of the tools and solutions that are coming, uh, you know, down the road that positively disrupt our industry. So think about the PSA tools and the RMM tools that we've got at the moment. They do a good job, no two ways about that. But they feel stale, don't they? Because we've, we've still got engineers resetting passwords. We've still got tickets. Uh, we've still got engineers um, enabling them to cherry pick the tool, the tickets that they want to do. And for every MSP owner knows the situation where a ticket has got stale because none of your team want to touch it because it's either boring <laughs> or outside their comfort level. We've all been there. We all do it. So we've, you know, and that's where um, uh, dispatchers come in. You know, somebody will give the ticket to somebody. But the AI-based application of this that SuperOps are doing I think is like revolutionary, and this is where the real wins are going to come for MSPs, making sure a ticket goes to somebody who's got the skills and all the resources to do it. Everything's going to speed up and get a lot better. Yeah, that's what Westway IT it, said. It, same thing, have it review tickets. That sounds mm. awesome for nimble MSPs yeah. and extra edge. Exactly. I think we are literally just around the corner from it because it's, I mean, the, the chat GPT technology is there. All it needs to do is essentially, you know, see the ticket coming in, identify what type of ticket it is, and then um, we were chatting about a little bit earlier, but there's um, PIA um, who are doing some yeah. kind of integrations with you know, very heavy PowerShell scripts, which will, look, I think it's almost like the, the Mr. Clippy. It looks like you're creating a new user. Would you like some help with that? <laughs> yeah. And it looks like you're like, merging oh. your Active Directory trees. Would you like me to say no? no way. <laughs> but it does like everything for you. And I feel like there's yeah. just that missing link now of find the ticket as it comes in, go, okay, that's something I can deal with. Yes. Okay. You know, for a password reset. Okay. Ticket is... Um, coming in saying, please, you know, please, can you reset my password? It finds the user, it resets their password, it sends them an email back to let them know it's been changed and to call the help desk to get the password. And then it closes the ticket or, or something like that. That seems like a, a no brainer that shouldn't be too far off. I don't think it's just waiting for the right yeah. people to integrate the right kind of I engines. Think it'll be a case of we've we've mentioned like super ops and, and that they've got native tools to do that because they've essentially been very smart and built a modern platform based on ai machine learning so that's going to come to those msps that are using it almost immediately you know you can use it now and it's only going to get better for the likes of use people who are using legacy or well-established psa tools i think the route there is exactly what you've said pete they're going to look at some of these uh, new companies that are coming out that integrate with Autotask, with ConnectWise, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to acquire yep. those companies. And then within the next two, three years, slowly but surely, because this is a big undertaking for them, they're going to integrate that into the platform. So that's the prediction I would throw out there. But if you want to use these tools today, right now, in anger, you know, um, short of moving your entire business operating system uh, to a new platform, you, you know, it's going to be more difficult to integrate it. Yeah, Dan, Dan had a couple here. Yeah. Just if you guys have had any experience, getthread.com. 
uses GPT-3, and what's the other one? Crushbank. Crush I hadn't heard either either one of those two, so. Yeah, Crushbank's a really I mean, interesting I love his, his comments. Yeah. It's been doing it since before all this stuff was cool. <laughs> they definitely have. That's true. The Crushbank was built off, what was the computer called? The IBM supercomputer super that played chess and Watson? Uh, against the Watson. Grandmaster. Yep. Watson. I, yeah. I believe it's actually built off the back of that. And forgive me if that's not the case, but poor old Watson, I don't know if anybody remembers that. One of the world's best supercomputers beat Gary Kasparov or whatever at chess, uh, but then got relegated to um, when you phone up the cinema and you want to book a ticket to go and see Avatar at 3 p.m., it was the one that actually translated that. And I'm like, can you imagine this supercomputer sitting there and doing all this grunt work that it's really boring, but... Yes, Crushbank have really uh, grabbed that um, uh, the Watson API and enabled it to help MSPs. So when a ticket comes up, it will actually say, "Hey, based on your other tickets, you know, here's some information that might help you resolve this." And an interesting, and you can tell I get passionate about this, but an interesting application of some of these AI tools. Imagine if you're moving from Autotask to SuperOps or from ConnectWise to Kaseya, whatever it might be you either have to bring across a ton of old data and that's really difficult to do to Im implement it and to integrate it into your new PSA tool, you lose it, or you use one of these AI tools, point it at the old information, and then every time you've got a, a ticket come up in your modern tool, it goes back and goes through all of the old info and says, here's something that happened on that machine in that client site with that person before, does it help you in this situation? So there's some really interesting sort of archive perspectives to these AI technologies as well. Yeah, I like that one. That one's pretty dope. So the I, other I one that I've heard of, I, <laughs> there's a lot of, um, what do they call it? Ex, extract, transform, low DTL type tools. And again, if, if we could have AI doing that kind of stuff, to keep up to date and go, look, I've got something in this format. I need it in this format. And, and you can then have that interoperability of moving things between platforms. Um, I also like, like John Harrison's like diggling in my brain. Cause I was like, was it Watson or was it? And I was like, is it deep mind, deep blue, something like that. So I don't yeah, know. I it was we've got blue, we need to have <laughs> just merged two supercomputers um, together in one story. Haven't I there? Just but, Google, <laughs> yeah. Um, I also liked, uh, Osiande, uh, had a great point. He was talking about, um, you know, to do this kind of stuff, you can create a, a massive knowledge base internally. Yeah. Um, and where I think that's been, that's been really good for MSPs in, in the past to build uh, massive knowledge bases internally based on their experience and build SOPs around those. But what I think the chat GPT gives us the opportunity of is having a much wider knowledge base. So right. if it's got access to the right information, and, and it's, you know, it's checked in the right way. Watson was for a Jeopardy game show. Okay. Um, <laughs> if it's, it, you know, it, it has all the knowledge, you know, essentially that's, that's been made available, you know, in, in like the formal documentation for a vendor or a product, everything that's available in their, you know, their, their tech documentation, it has access to those. So when you ask it a question, it has the chance to, you know, essentially read a lot of that or summarize a lot of that and bring it forward. So I think you know, we, I, I can see a bit where we're not going to have to keep having these massive knowledge bases ourselves that were built up from our own learning, but actually we can tap into those knowledge bases and maybe even, you know, someone's going to start to create 
the knowledge base, you know, for IT support, for MSPs, that then a chat GPT engine could sit in front of and it can be democratized to anybody. I, I don't know, but I just think there's such an exciting opportunity here for it not just to be things that we built ourselves that we're dependent on, but access to a wider set. Yeah, think well, of the way IT had one in there. Uh, uh, go ahead, Richard. I'm just going to... So, so sorry to speak over you. I was going to say, think, going back to what Pete said, the security implications, though, if you're trying to build that uh, internal knowledge base, which I think is a brilliant idea, and you use an AI, let's just say you give it details to your client sites and you give it like access to your vendor accounts and things like that. Holy cow, that's a lot of information, isn't it, to, to go through essentially because it's not going to be stored on your site it's going to be stored on a, a supercomputer watson or whatever and somewhere else isn't it are you comfortable with a third party having access to all of that information i know i was thinking please don't yeah. tell anybody else at the end of your request yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was busy thinking like like the how to's and what to's and how to fix and best you know best recovery mechanisms that kind of thing rather than yeah. anything sensitive data but like you know i've, I've got this problem this this error message has appeared what's the best thing and just bang this is the best answer because yeah. we've all had those things where we've had a technical issue happen whatever it is it might be a driver it might be something that's not working it might be something on the pc and like you'll go through pages and pages and pages of people's opinions and tech forums and articles and like i tried this and that nailed it well, it didn't work for me i yeah that never worked for me but i tried this and that works all right i'll try that no that didn't work either and you spend hours going down and eventually you get to the guy at the bottom of the list and you go yeah that one worked why wasn't that up at the top and like that again that's why i just think like this is where this experience might be we could have that you know this is the best answer and i know like if you think of like um experts exchange i have to say that separately because yep. I think they yes. needed a hyphen in their name at some point because it was always experts exchange. Sure, okay, that's not what I came for. Um, but like, they have such a vast knowledge base that's been put together by the community. Imagine being able to harness that with the power of chat GPT and some intelligence that says, you know, nine times out of 10, people agree this was the best answer that fixed it for them. So that's the one I'm gonna present through when you ask me this question. Yeah. 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 And Westway IT had a, a inter use case, kind of what you're talking about there. He, to yeah. write an email to a user whose exchange mailbox is nearly full, give them advice on clearing space and how they can see storage used. Yeah. It's just, that's to me, if I'm an MSP, like that's the first place I'm starting, which everybody did, which is personal assistant. Second place I'm looking is help desk. How do I, how do I automate some of those low level, like that right there? would take up 10 or 15 minutes of a text time and multiply that how many times a week that goes on, those could potentially be tickets that never existed. Yeah. The security yeah. point Richard make is a, is a really interesting one because I mean, I can, I can just see it happening. Like when, when are we going to hear the first news story of AI reset my whole business's passwords and locks everyone out? Like those kind of <laughs> things where it just let loose a little bit. Um, yeah. It, it's yeah. always, you know, was it what's the saying is um uh, security is the something of, of can't remember can't remember what the saying was now but basically people just give up security because of convenience uh con convenience yeah. is yeah. the enemy of security that's it yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's been yeah. so convenient it'll save a lot of time a lot of money potentially hiring extra people that a lot of people are going to skim over the fact that it does have a lack access to a lot of information um yeah. and we all know how quickly it is oh we can paint pretty pictures with faces of us yes upload all of our information and now we can get some photos of us so it's very very easy for people to go and do that 
but it's um it's one that i hope a lot of these vendors that are looking at obviously implementing and bringing in ai into that they're, they're taking very very seriously because it's it feels like it's the kind of thing where people will go here's our flagship features let's not worry about the security stuff just yet yeah and um you know it's a it's a big concern absolutely it's something to be yeah. um, very aware of starting to build things into your you know into your ticketing system into your rmm client information documentation there, there's lots of data that it could potentially touch if, if the, you're an msp some... by the way listening if you want an idea for a seminar webinar lunch and learn live stream i would be jumping all over that right now i was just about to add to this andrew i was going to say let's rewind a little bit there's, there's two two bits about ai everybody's getting excited about it but the four of us especially, and lots of experts in our industry have been banging the drum for years about the value of outsourcing, you know, VAs and things of that nature. And also, and human beings I'm talking about here, not AI. Um, and uh, also uh, the instructions that you give people. So I've spoken to some people and they've said, oh, well, I've worked with VAs, virtual assistants. It's not worked for me because I have to end up explaining everything in great detail to them. It's no different with AI, really. If you give AI and you know a really basic, simple instruction, it will give you a really basic, simple response. Uh, if you give a VA detailed instructions, they'll go away and do a really, really good job uh, for you with it. So I would have said that's the, the first really important thing. And secondly, to your point, Andrew, about MSPs jumping all over this topic, it's not quite there yet. We know that. But what do you do as an MSP for your clients? Well, instead of an internal IT team, which is one or two or however many people who have sick leave and have to keep up with their training and all the costs that go with that, the MSP, you bring a wealth of knowledge, a wealth experience from across all these different types of clients and you amalgamate it and you give everybody who works with you the benefit of that. So there's some sort of analogy in there, I think, Andrew, isn't there, where you can say, look, AI's around the corner, but until it gets here, you're getting a lot of the benefits of that amalgamated uh, approach, that universal mind from, from working with an MSP like ourselves. Yeah. And I think the secondary topic is what you guys just talked about with security. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody wants to you, lead the cybersecurity discussion. Like this jump on, this is the hot topic of the month. Jump, you know, don't, don't, you know, say AI is not, you know, put your head in the sand. It's coming. Here's what we're doing to help make sure that you're safe. Here's some things that you can do inside your business. Because we all know how many of the people inside of our own customers right now are using chat GPT. Could they potentially yeah. be giving access to information that they shouldn't? Like mm -hmm. for, from every perspective, that's how you lead that discussion. Not that we're going to ignore it and pretend it didn't exist, but this is how we're going to get ahead of it, ahead of that conversation. So yeah, great topics for, for people to be able to get in front of. Uh, let's see here. Jason Kelmsley, welcome to the show. He said, anyone switched their everyday tools to AI-powered ones? I switched to you.com a few weeks ago, and I'm starting to see the AI really learn what I care about, e.g. lots of images and text. <laughs> Little text. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard of you.com, but it's a it's an AI search engine. It's like you know an AI Google, basically. So you start searching for the stuff, and I guess it gets to know who you are and, and, and what you're looking for. That's interesting. I've tried with uh, calendar applications and things before where it'll come in and it'll automatically understand your calendar and, and then go back to the person 
as as a real human being and say, hey, Richard can't make that time and date. Can you do any of these three times? And that's, you know, worked reasonably well. But at, at, as it stands right now, today, humans, you know, I've got a team of humans that do that way better. Um, yeah. And that, that's the uh, competitive differentiator. So Yeah, Oseanda said, he, have AI create content to train a VA. I mean, it yeah. is. I mean, because that's... If, if you're writing SOPs, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we all yeah. want to hire the VA, but then we don't know what we what they're supposed to do. And then we wonder why they didn't work out. So that, yeah, that's a perfect use case. Another one he said, too, is customer responses are key. They can be templated in our PSA. So that was a, yeah, that's really. an interesting use case I hadn't heard of. So, yeah. Uh, let's see there's here. There's a lot of there's there's generate motion. Motion? motion? Oh, sorry, that sorry, was, sorry. Yeah, that was the one I was You're thinking okay. of. Go, go, go. Motion, motion's one I, I haven't signed up for it, but I looked it in into it and kind of thought, oh, that looks interesting, but I'm not quite sure I want to give AI control over my calendar because I I've kind of spent a lot of time curating and last week I re replanned my whole calendar for the week. But that, that that looks quite interesting to kind of know when you can do calls and when you can do meetings and all that kind of stuff. Agreed. Yeah. It's a little bit like as MSPs when we first turn on RMM tools, and I'm talking about way back in the day, but still applicable now. And it's like do I really want to turn the alerts on? Because then it goes, here's everything that's wrong in your network all at once. Ah! <laughs> and you're like, ah! Yeah, it's, it's Theo, you made a good point too. He said, we techs have always said that the adoption of tech will allow us to spend more time doing things we enjoy. I'm yet to experience that after 25 years in the industry. Is AI really the answer here? No, absolutely. Right. I agree. It's, yeah. a, it's right. a tool, isn't it? And and the thing is, the more that we get like really cool tools like this, the more work we find for ourselves. And so <laughs> we always end, we always end up finding more work because we've got better tools. Um, mm. So no, I think definitely it, it's a tool. Um, it's like I say, it's not always right. So it still needs the human element. And that whole thing of, of what we do for our customers is the human element, right? If we can, if we can use it to offload some of the boring stuff, some of the boring activities, some of the jobs that no one wants to do, um, or even just crunch data, then I think that's, that's a great use case for it. But other than that, you know, I think it's, it's another tool. We'll, we'll find a great way to, to use it, I think. Um, but we'll probably find whole new challenges for ourselves. Yeah, I knew I had to be a character in this comments too. Wim says this is an automatically generated message. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll see that at some point. We'll see, you know, some automated bots churning out some YouTube comments as well. Yeah. Uh yeah, exactly. Quiet com quietly confident tech said the work will expand to fill the available time. Exactly. Always. Oh, that's one of the laws, right? I forget. You don't have to look at AI's law either. Yeah. If we look at like I've got a robot vacuum, there's a I've got a you know we've got a great dishwasher in the house. We've got you know my my lawn gets cut by a robot and stuff. So it's like great all that time that I freed up. What do you spend with doing with that time? Do you spend it creating beautiful works of art or learning how to speak Japanese? No, we just created doing more work with that mm. and that has you know that's been the case from like the 1890s all the way up to the to the current day all of this technology is supposed to free us up to pursue our loves and our passions and we just fill it with work so we spoke a few weeks ago it was quite a woo-woo topic wasn't it about planning for for the future pete you and i said we're slowing right down doing less stuff scott you said you wanted to sort of um make yourself uh, uh dispensable within your business and stuff Useless. what did you say Useless within your business. <laughs> Make yourself useless. I, I, I need what to get happens on the <laughs> when you've got the time and then you go, oh, 
well, what do I do with it? I'll do a bit more work. It's not a healthy way to go forward. So there you go. I'll get off my soapbox there. No, I'm with you I've just got a quick one for you on the security side of things. So like everyone is worried about AI and that, you know, phones and devices are listening to you and Alexa's listening to you. But I've got to say, Richard, that robot vacuum cleaner has been gathering dirt on you for years. Can we have a... Come on, Andrew. <laughs> oh, dear. You're going to be a comedian. I don't that, think we that sounds like a Carl Palachuk yeah. joke right there. You need to send that to, to Carl. So you've got to, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Yep. Oceanda said, yep. I spend the time I gain back by dedicating more time with the people I love and making the difference in the world around me. Yeah. It's a choice. It's a choice. I'm all about creating holes in my calendar, as many holes in my calendars I can create. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Theo said, nice one, Scott. Uh, let's see here. encourage him, Theo, for goodness sakes. Yeah. I know what you, uh, so Pete's got a jet. So Christopher said, yep, really great discussion, gentlemen. Lots of great ideas. Thanks so much. Running off to prep for his next engagement. Again, we're all jealous. Goodbye from Kingston, Jamaica. So <laughs> I don't have my tech tribe music up. It's got that Jamaica theme to it. So I would play that as our outro today if I, if I had been quick enough on the draw. Yeah, Wim said, yep, the key is practicing the skill of asking much better and deeper questions, Absolutely. whether it's AI, our people, ourselves. So we're getting the right answers on stuff that actually matters. So, amen. That's a nice way to end that. It's a nice yeah, way to end this episode. Lots of great comments today. Thank you all for hanging out with us today. Uh, I, I kind of figured this was going to be a a kind of gangbuster topic uh, for techs. And I think it's, I think I've, I've got ideas for several follow-up shows that we could possibly do on this as well. Uh, but if you're going to take a marketing idea, steal that. So I know Pete's got to run. We're going to go ahead and wrap the show today. Um, Oceana said he's got one more comment. So we'll let him drop that in there. Uh, Pete had to jump out. Um, but yeah, we appreciate everybody's, I love the tools. Was, I knew there was going to be a few tools that I wasn't aware of finding that every day. Uh, yeah, make sure to use AI as generically as possible. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, good view. A LinkedIn user said, thanks guys. Really informative. So unfortunately I'm probably not connected to whoever that is. So my apologies. Or well, maybe it's link- a bot called continue user. A LinkedIn ghost. <laughs> But yeah, yeah he's no. expanding to like no real names or specific client content, obviously, because it, it's a great point. Like earlier, I demonstrated yeah. that we just, you know, we could summarize Pete's entire transcript of a video and say, hey, just summarize this for me. Yeah. Well, I've uploaded all that data into an open AI platform. Now, fortunately, you know, that's all information that's widely available on YouTube. So I've just taken that transcript and put it on. But you could be doing that with internal client documents. Hey, summarize this proposal for me. Write write a better intro to this executive summary. And well, there's all kinds of sensitive data. So yeah, Sayande, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, John, hey, I'm going to go ahead and compile that list for you. John said, can you list the websites mentioned in the show? I'll, I'll try to compile those and either put those on LinkedIn. Andrew, or I was going to say, I get asked every week. You say, oh, you mentioned so many good tools, resources, and that. When, when I do my podcast, I've got a member of the team does those show notes. I wonder whether AI could pass our conversation and say, here's who spoke about this website, book, or whatever. I'm, I'm just intrigued. Maybe we can leave that, and then when we next come back to this topic, 
we can have a look and see how well that did that. Cause I'm sure there's gotta be a tool out there that can pass this, this video or audio. I'm gonna try that in Descript. Um, that's what I use to transcribe the show. As soon as I'm done, I dump everything in there, does all the transcription. Then I put it up to our podcast episodes. Um, yeah, I'll actually see if I can take that transcription and see if it'll strip out the websites for me. Yeah, exactly. great idea. Save me. I don't save me, uh, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes of time. So. I'm always thinking of you, mate. That's the thing. So. <laughs> yes. So thank you so much, man. I, we had tons of people show up today. So thank That's you very good. much for all the people that showed up fun. live. If you're catching this on the podcast, sorry you didn't get to see Scott's uh, AI chat GPT's conversation. Yes. So you'll have to watch that over on YouTube if you're catching the podcast episode of this. But we appreciate all of our fans who tune in every single week to add to the conversation. Uh, we absolutely love the MSP industry, as you can tell. Much passion, much love. So if there's any topics you would like us to cover on a future episode, please drop those in the comments. If you're watching us over on YouTube, please go ahead and like and subscribe. We appreciate that. And we will see you all next week. Richard, we won't be here next week, I believe. I'm and out on assignment. We've yes. got some very special guests taking my... Exactly. Robert Gibbons, we've pulled him out of the shadows and he has agreed to be on the show with us next week. So this will be my first time actually interacting on camera with Robert. I have not met Robert yet in person, uh, but he actually, he and I actually have connected through my other show that I've been doing since April Fool's Day of 2020. Uh, but we've become virtual besties. So I'm looking forward to meeting him in person and sitting across the screen from him next week. It's so lots of you are in for a treat. Lots of good stuff there. So thank you again, Oceande. Uh, first time joining. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to go ahead and shut down this show, and we will see you all next week. Richard, we will see you in two weeks. Take care. Be safe. Talk to you soon.